0: This is Brock and Saul. Brock Huard is my hero. Jay Puder just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airline Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you not really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name yeah, on it. It kind of does. Though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard.
1: Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello!
0: Oh, yes, and want to say thank you to Alaska Air, Kitsap Credit Union for sponsoring all of our spring training coverage this week. It's just so great to be out here. We've got a whole bunch of infielders working on the wall behind us. The team's in the middle of their big morning meeting, and there's a lot of laughter and some raucous uh, sound coming from the clubhouse at the moment. Yep. So uh, maybe we'll get to find out what the heck's going on in
2: there. And the but... poor drug testers are here. I have oh. such empathy for those men. Yeah. Oh, it's an awful job. Really. Oh. Yes, yeah, you know, to collect samples, that's, that's a horrible job. And it brings back horrible memories, but I'll share those at a later no, time. I that love that the
1: contrarian Mike over here goes, eh, <laughs> yes, you, you can't see it on film, but really?
2: About what?
0: <laughs> About doing that job? Yes. I wasn't saying it was bad. I just said, really? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never thought about that job.
2: That like, show, Dirty Jobs, I don't think he even got to do that job. No, 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 very strict, very strict. Not all the monograd's
0: out there doing that job.
2: I don't know what to no, tell you, about No, not. a lot of people in my social circle that
0: are uh, out there collecting samples. Hi, Shannon. Ms. Dreyer is here with us every day this week at 8 o'clock. Hi,
1: Shannon. I don't even know what just
2: happened. Yeah, yeah It's a broken <laughs> talk show. That's what happens you know, when you <laughs> get us
0: offside. It's been kind of weird down yeah. here. I'm not going to lie. Brock's been super yep. body No, conscious. no, 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 no,
1: less today, less today. Well, 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 you well. were a lot at I the, was
2: hot at the ball game. yesterday. I was I came in a little too hot yesterday. Shannon, is Julio okay?
1: Julio's just fine. Are you He's sure? Good. He's really good. That's what he told, told me.
2: Yes. Yes. Shannon. Were Work. you concerned?
1: No. Yesterday?
0: I when mean, he was no. stretching afterwards, Shannon? Mm,
1: no, because I with think his
2: back he, issues, he, Shannon? No. <laughs> Are you concerned with these stardom that's come his way?
1: Um, I would be with any player, you know. There's no question about it. And the positive with that is, is I think that we did see last year. He's got a good team around him. He's not overwhelmed by it. It looks like everything is being delegated that needs to be delegated. And it's so different now than it was even 10 years ago. You know, there's this whole marketing uh, aspect of it, social marketing, social media, everything else. And then every now and then, because you know I'm around him every day, I, I have to remind myself. You know, he's being turned into a superstar. It's not just what we're seeing on the field, but it's also, you can see MLB mm-hmm. is pushing this. The Mariners are pushing this, all of this. So he's kind of the star of all of their social media. You're seeing him on box covers and video games and everything. That's different. And with that comes, you know, different pressures, different responsibilities, different things that they need to handle.
2: So we got that uh, mural right above us here as we sit from Edgar to Raul, Harold, Buner. Randy, the kid, Dan, the man, Jamie Moyer, Ichiro, and Alvin. Of those, what is that, 10 men up there? What would be the best counsel that those 10 or lesson that those 10 could give to a Julio on how to handle this level of stardom and, and what's being thrown his way?
1: I don't know that they could because I think it's different now. Um, you know, you might you look at them and globally, Ichiro was the biggest. Junior is definitely, you know, right up there nationally and in the game itself at the time. What was certainly um, the biggest. But I, I think you have to find a way, you know, first and foremost, you got to get all your work in. You've got to be the player. That, that's your number one job. Yep. You've got to do that. And I think he realizes that. And then the thing is, is that as things change around you, especially if you kind of had that it factor to start with, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to let those things change you. Mm -hmm. And you want to, I think the most critical thing is, is, you know, keep, a huge element of authenticity. You don't have to open up everything and give everything. You're not owned by everything. You have to everybody. You have to remember that, too. But if you lose that authenticity, particularly in your local market, yep. they're going to see it. They're going to feel it. And I think we've seen that a few times. Yeah, we've because seen it. as
0: much as you look at those guys out there and Junior and Ichiro stand probably alone even on that board in terms of the level of superstardom they reached. Mm-hmm. The cautionary tale is not up there.
1: He is not.
0: That's Alex Rodriguez. Right. Right? I mean, that's the cautionary tale. Junior got it right. Ichiro, by all accounts, the Japanese media, et cetera, got it right, even if there was some frustration with the, you know, not speaking English in interviews, et cetera. But from that perspective, got it right.
1: Absolutely got it
0: right. Alex Rodriguez was not authentic. But those. Did did not get it right, and ultimately is one of the reasons, not the only one. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly leaving was a big part of it. But he's not on that list, no. right? And, and I do think that that's relevant. And if you're Julio, there's two guys to look for. And one guy to kind of uses it. I think
2: that's a brilliant point. I would also look at that and say many of those guys were very guarded, Shannon. Many of them put a you know a protective kind of layer and bubble around them. And and Griffey kind of did his own thing with the you media. Ichiro Johnson did his own thing with the media. Randy did his guarded. own thing uh, with, with the media. Well,
1: but he did an authentic. I mean, Randy was really like that. Yes, that's right. He was. Even yes, and he was. Junior was Junior. He's yes. not you know like you or I, and he never was. So that was who yep. he was. Yeah. Um, Ichiro, I think, kind of was the most guarded and it the most because I think that as he got further in his career, and particularly after he left the Mariners, his per- he's got a great personality. He's got an engaging he's personality. He's so funny
0: when he's down here. <laughs> yes. and, Dude, and- have you seen him just introducing himself to random players? It is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Like, they don't know who Ichiro is when he walks over and he's like, hello, Ichiro. You're like, what? It's no. so freaking funny to see him introduce himself to people. If you ever get people. into a conversation
1: with him, you can't get enough of him. Yeah. You know, and that's not what he showed while he was here, unfortunately. Just incredibly engaging. Engaging, just kind of magnetic personality. But he
0: was still very true to himself and his routine yes. and all of yep. the things yes. that made him. No, he successful.
1: wasn't a phony or a fake or anything Man. like that. That that wasn't him. Hey, at all.
0: Let me ask you more of a baseball question. I love this conversation, by the way. I could talk about this all day, and we have the rest of the week to keep doing it. But um, thinking about it yesterday, watching Chris Flexen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what does the battle for this fifth starter spot look like? Is it a battle? Could it be Flexen? Could it be Marco? Are we handing this job to Marco? Is Flexen going to be in the bullpen? Could he be a leverage guy? Could he be tra- – how do you think all that shakes out, and what are they looking for?
1: Well, I think the issue is is it's not so much even uh, – there's, there's huge value on Marco in that rotation because he can make every start, and the majority of those starts, the vast majority of those starts, he's going to give this team an opportunity to win. He might blow up here or there, but he is usually handing it off to – if you haven't noticed, a really good bullpen. Yeah, no kidding. Um, And and that's worked, and that has been, you know, some of you talk to some of the coaches and even some of the players and say he's kind of the MVP in that regard. That's really important, and it gets away from people. Um, And and Blexen's been a little bit more up and down in that. We've seen him really good and, and surprisingly good two years ago. Really good. And a year ago, not as much. And, but he's another
2: guy
0: who takes every time, you know, he takes every turn. Yes, he he hasn't been hurt. Because he's generally going to give you Astros. five. Right? I mean,
2: like, he, he he's, it's interesting. <laughs> Don't you think that's but, one of those things that works itself out? I think it, it
1: ultimately does. But what if it doesn't? It, it very well, it didn't last year. Right. They, they, they had that situation, and that's when it comes into play at that point. Who would be better in the bullpen? Who will help the bullpen more? And that is going to be Flex.
0: Yeah, I just, I hope he doesn't get lost in that role. I think Chris Flex is a pretty good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's an all star, I don't think he's one of the greats of the game. But he's a major league pitcher for sure, and I'm curious whether or not there's a leverage role. Because we saw him go into the bullpen into in the playoffs, yeah. and he was buried out there. I mean, there, he didn't really have a role. There was almost no spot for him to come into. If he's going to be there and he's got starter value, God, I sure would love to see him play a, a legitimate role in that pen.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would be a leverage role. I don't I think either. think that um, they're also going to, especially coming out of spring training, they're going to need guys that can throw multiple innings because your young guys aren't going to be throwing a lot of innings. Coming out of spring training. And they're limiting so, the
0: number of pitchers on the staff.
1: Exactly. And so I think that that's important right there. And, uh, you know, you also think uh, you'd have to have some pretty special stuff to earn one of those leverage roles right now in this bullpen if everybody is healthy. So I don't know that that's optimal, but, again, could be an impact in really providing that bridge.
2: We get Shannon every day? Yeah. This time every day? I mean, as long as you want her. Okay. I, uh, so I'd like to do this for the next three days, and I'll start start it today. we got about one minute, Shannon. Give me a player just – and we'll do this every single day. Maybe give me a player that's not made all the headlines that, you know, he come down here and the cameras aren't all on. But uh, just an intrigue factor for Shannon Dreher. Just, gosh, I, I am intrigued as I watch this guy get his work in, as I watch him on the backfield, as I watch him in some of these games. Who's a who's a player today that's got an intrigue factor for you? Well, it was
1: only a quick intrigue factor. There's 76 players here, <laughs> and if you move away from the you know the obvious, you don't have much opportunity to watch them. But I was right there with Salk. I saw Sheffield throw a live batting practice over on field too, and the breaking stuff was very much there. Mm. And uh, you know, he said he really went to work on on the slider in particular in the offseason, One that he's had a good one. It's consistency with him. It's not going to make a team out of spring training, but you look, you know, could he be of impact when they need it at some point? I looked. Him a little bit differently when I saw that batting practice
0: and his body good stuff. He, che- I mean, he clearly seems to have recognized that career's he, up against his it. career's up against the wall right yep. now. Nobody wanted him yep. in the entire league, and as you pointed out, he still had options,
1: yeah, no, and sure nobody wanted
0: right. him. Yep. So I'm sure that's got to be a wake up call for a former top prospect, especially with the Yankees. Like, hey man, nobody wants you. Yep. Well, good. You lose eight or ten pounds. You work on the breaking stuff constantly. They don't need him to help, but if he does. Well, it would be a pretty nice little situation for Depth the Mariners. Depth is
1: a very good That's thing. That's for sure.
0: Shannon, thank you. Great to have you in. Uh, we do this every day with Shannon. Did Justin or Moore do anything particularly interesting last night at the house? Was there any laundry folding, <laughs> any bad smells, <laughs> anything we should know about? Think.
1: I'm trying mm. to think. It
0: was a good story night. It was, it was a story a night. Lot yeah, of story. Alo, a, lot a lot of story? aloe vera. Oh, well, the,
1: the best part are the Mozart Coogans. The what now?
0: You know, the I'm not going to say it. Else, so. I'm not going to say it.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> Brock's friend. The chocolates from Austria. Ah, oh, those
0: little Austrian <laughs> chocolates. <laughs> the Mozart chocolates. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Shannon. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Right. And, of course, you can read Shannon every day at seattlesports.com as she does a fantastic job covering this team. We'll be right back with everything you need to know. It's Brock and Salk. We're at spring training. Thanks to our great friends at Kitsap Credit Union and Alaska Airlines here on Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app
1: need to know 15 minutes past every hour with brock and salk here's what
0: you need to know up first mariner game today one o'clock starts here in peoria nose on the mound the ace la piedra luis he says that's me (laughs) as he's walking by i gotta tell you We haven't talked too much about him either, Brock. Of all the things that make a difference between last year and this year, the guy who's starting on the mound today, he's sure one of them, man. He is an ace. And when you see him walk around here and you see the way he carries himself, he's not the tallest. He's not the strongest. He doesn't have the best body for your body show. Mm -hmm. But he got a presence to him. He he really does. And I'm not saying it's like Felix. Felix sort of is in his own category. But there's a little bit of similarity there, honestly, and and certainly the pitch repertoire and what he's able to throw and just the sheer confidence and smile that you see as he walks around. Yep. That's pretty cool.
2: Man, you just took about every word and thought that was going on in between my ears as I was looking at him, as he was looking out to the fields, as he's getting himself ready for his first spring training start. And he's a little different than a Robbie Ray. And he's a little different than a Matt Brash. And he's a little different than these guys that go to driveline and study every uh, piece of their velocity and arm angle and grip. He is a feel guy. He is an old schooler. He's going to use these weeks to build up and get himself ready a little bit like Felix did, too. I mean, you know
0: what's so funny about that? You're right in everything you just said. And also, he throws 96, 98.
2: Oh, yeah. right. the mean, ball like, that moves this he's way. He's a feel and guy. And everybody. oh, by the way, he throws faster than anyone in the league would have 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but does he sit there and look at, okay, i got to position my foot here, and i got this present, and i got that grip there. And I'm gonna no, 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 no. I got just kind of like Felix did. Right, and you tell a great story of Jason Vargas sitting down as a young player, a right. former pitcher, trying to ask Felix, like, "Well, how did you see that, or how did you feel that, or how did he grip that?" Right, and it's like. I, I don't think about any of that stuff. I just throw, I'm just go throw. <laughs> throw the ball. Yes. That thing goes over
0: the plate, and the guy can't hit it. What can I tell you? No, I, I think that's very true. So, um, really excited to watch him today. Yesterday, it was Chris Flexen who pitched two very strong innings. That's good news. Uh, unfortunately, Julio crashed into the wall. Sounds like he's okay. Favorite thing that happened yesterday was this guy Evan White going yard. Sucks pitch swung out in a high fly ball deep to left field. Going back, Ben Intendi to the warning track looking up and goodbye baseball. Into the bullpen and straightaway left field, the Mariners bullpen. Evan White with his first home run of the spring skies it out of here to straightaway left field, and the Mariners have a 1-0 lead over the White Sox. Yeah, it's cool. I really like to see that, and hopefully, Evan White is able to contribute to this group moving forward. Here's the second thing you need to know Well we're one week out now Brock From the franchise tag deadline uh, The only Seahawk who would, you would even consider On that list right now is Geno Smith I, I remain unconvinced that they're going to do it Because I think the threat of a $32.5 million hit For this year is too great So I would be surprised I know you don't necessarily agree with me I still think I would be surprised If they end up using the franchise tag on, uh, on Gino, but as of right now, he doesn't have a lot of leverage to do anything else because his name, unfortunately, yeah. doesn't
2: seem to be linked anywhere else in the market. Well, I think it's a game of chicken with a lot of different guys. And, uh, you know, in, in the next item here, you'll talk about a, another quarterback that was released today, and there's going to be a bunch of them. How these young men look at the combine this week, some of the expectations, all of the agents and all of the GMs and everybody that gathered in Indianapolis starting yesterday, Mike, they are having those conversations. It's much like Jerry Depoto, who we'll sit with on Thursday. It was much like Jerry when the season ended and we got into the offseason, right? And they knew what the market was going to be. Why? Because they're connected. Because they have those conversations. They had a great feel for where this thing was going. Coming out of Indianapolis, uh, so will John Schneider, so will Pete Carroll. And that will play a role in how you want to, from a timing perspective, a leverage perspective, play this game with Gino. Also remember this. It was a Lindo Mari they franchised. May have been Hauschka, but the last one they did, what did they do with Frank Clark? Traded him away. Traded him away. So if you want to get a little feel for where this market's going, the amount of need maybe others have, the opportunity there could be, I just think it gives you a few more plays, a few more tools in your toolbox. I was worried you were going to use a different C word for all those teams
0: talking to each other about the market. Here's the third thing you need to know. not a word you want to say out loud while you're here at the facility. What can I tell you? A bunch of little news and notes from around the NFL. Deron Paynebrock, you alluded to it. Big defensive tackle in Washington. He was franchise tag yesterday, so he becomes the first guy in the league. By the way, the Commanders? What the heck is going on there? Daniel Snyder says that he will sell the team if they indemnify him against further lawsuits. He's got former partners who are after him for, what, bank fraud? I mean, geez, what is going on there? What a disaster. Uh, meanwhile, Marcus Mariota's been released by the Atlanta Falcons. It's pretty busy out there. Oh, and the Bears are going to uh, probably trade their first pick.
2: I mean, Carson Wentz uh, saved a lot of money by the, from those commanders releasing him today. Do you know, by the way, can you guess how much money Carson Wentz has made to this point in his career. I don't know, but I'm sure you've got to be grossed out. It's not Matthew Stafford. It's not Charlie Whitehurst. It's somewhere in between those guys. But, yeah, from Philadelphia, pretty darn close. Philadelphia to Indianapolis to Washington made $109 million. How many more dollars will he make the rest of his NFL career? Not that
0: many. (laughs) There you go. That is everything you need to know. uh, And we do that, of course, every hour at quarter past the hour. I was just uh, walking through the hallway there. By the way, saw Tucker, which is great. Mariners team dog. Mm -hmm. Tucker is as advertised. Beautiful dog. Likes to play some catch. Not real, a little skittish. And especially around men, we've been told he's a little slow to warm. So Mm -hmm. I kind of got down low and turned away and tried to see if I could, uh, you know, convince him of my trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're not there yet, so we'll see if we can keep working on that. I am still searching for Logan Gilbert's dog, uh, Winnie, his uh, little Frenchie. So that's obviously important to me this week. And as I was walking through the hallway, their team meeting let out. Just seeing the guys come out of that meeting, it kind of had like an NFL, like, let's go get them, like yeah. that kind of a... Here
2: comes
1: your favorite, by the way.
2: Mm. Luis? Mm. Dude, I so love Luis. Dude, yeah. I can't wait Do to Do we have him the Pottery time. Wheel? Did we get, did we get that? <laughs> Do we start? What song <laughs> did they play?
0: Oh, <laughs> I love... Unchained melody? I hunger <laughs> for <laughs> your <laughs> touch. Oh, that was officially the weirdest moment.
3: <laughs> it's I a was. good
0: thing that he had no idea why you were singing that. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> wow. All right, we've got a bunch of different things that might happen next. I know I'm supposed to tease and tell you exactly what's coming up next, but I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I don't know. We've got two or three different possibilities. I don't want to tease it because we've been given wrong information all morning. It could be player A. It could be player B, <laughs> or it could be none of the above, and Brock and I are gonna to have to make something up for the next 20 minutes. Don't go anywhere. It should be entertaining either way. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports I here on 70.
2: Seattle Sports. Yo touch.
0: This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports App. Spoke. We don't be playing that anymore. We don't need chain Melody. No, no, keep it going. Luis Play. is gone. Keep it, no, keep it going. I don't need the ghost music for Luis Castillo anymore. It's Brock and Salk. CL Sports here on 710, salesports.com uh, David, I don't need you freaking out Jared Kelnick, who's nice enough to sit down at the table with us for a few minutes. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Good. You guys? You familiar with that song, Righteous Brothers? No. Oh, interesting. oh really? It's yeah. a great love scene in movie ghost. <laughs> uh, they keep teasing me because I think that Luis Castillo is pretty awesome. Like... To bring in an ace pitcher in the middle of a year kind of matters, right?
3: For sure. For sure. He's definitely an uh, unbelievable talent. Have you watched him in the Traject machine yet? No, I haven't. But I definitely do want to face him in real life because I think he's definitely a challenge. Hey, we've been talking about that machine a lot because I think it's just
0: such an unbelievable technological advancement to be able to mimic virtually every pitcher in the major leagues. And I had heard some stories that you like it, that you like to use the machine. What, what, what
3: do you do with it? Um. I mean, I think that it's good to uh, – I mean, you can treat it just like a live at bat. Um, and it's about as realistic as it can be without it actually being a live at bat. Um, but you can game plan against it just because you can have someone behind, you know, really picking the spot where the pitch is going to be. And um, I think it's a, an extreme advantage. Would you use it for – that day's starting pitcher to track it and kinda of yeah, see. Yeah, sometimes you're get. if I if I don't feel confident like I, I can like I faced him a bunch or I've never seen him before, yeah, for sure I'll step in there. But you know, if if I got an idea of what I'm going up against, um, that'll just be my regular routine. So who have you thrown on there? Who who do who have you wanted to face I've, just in, in Gary Cole, I've I've done him a few times. Hmm. Um, Justin Verlander. Um but mostly those guys. So if you're going to do it, you want to do it against the best, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. What
2: spring training is this? What number is this for you, Jared?
3: Um I was thinking about that the other day. I think this is 4. It's your 4th? I think so. You're so old now, you can't even remember. <laughs> I
0: think it's, what, it's 4. your 23 this year? Yeah, I think yeah. it's 4.
2: Very old. How much different is is spring training number 4 from where you're at and what you want to get done in this month plus versus spring training number 1?
3: Uh, I think I got a little bit more of an idea of what I need to do to get ready. Um, I've Got a little bit more of an idea of what the the ticks and stuff that I need and need to feel and need to um, just do on a daily basis. Um, I just think, in short, I just have a more of an idea of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When I hear you talking some of the some of the press conferences and stuff
0: or, or post game scrums, it sounds like a lot of your philosophies this year. Whether it's winning every pitch or keeping the ball up the middle. It sounds like you're sort of simplifying the game as much as possible.
3: Yeah, I think it's a challenge, especially in the big leagues. There's a lot of distractions um, playing on a national stage. So I think any time that you can really simplify it and focus on just playing the game, I think it makes makes your life a lot easier.
0: Are you you somebody who needs that, who who needs to... I guess what I'm saying, can you get caught
3: up in your own head and in the mental element of the game and, and almost thinking through too much? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, there's just so much more at stake when you're in the big leagues because you're playing on a national stage. The fans, the media, all that stuff comes into play. And I think any time that you can you know, really focus on doing your, your job – um makes it a lot easier Well, then you gotta love the pitch clock right because i would think that takes all of that
0: out of play you don't have time to think about anything you gotta be right back in there with eight seconds left ready to
3: go totally i mean i think i'm a big fan when there's a guy on base i think 20 seconds is the perfect number Hmm. um it's enough to take a deep breath and to focus in on what you're trying to do and then get back in there there's some times where when there's nobody on base the 15 seconds comes quick Hmm. If
2: uh, we were in the cage, Jared Kelnick, with us, if we were in the cage, Jared, with you senior year of high school before you're taken in the top ten and we watched you in that batting cage, probably not on that fancy machine, but just on the old school jugs, and we watched you hit, right? And we watched your setup and we watched your swing. How much different are you now in that way fundamentally than the high school kid drafted in the top ten?
3: Well, in high school, you'd definitely be there a while. Um, I swung a lot in high school. Um, it's just a lot of reps. And, you know, to me when I hit it well it meant it was a good swing. Um and now necessarily that's not the case. Um I I know what I I know what makes my swing my swing now. I've I've studied it a lot this off season with a lot of great coaches and so now I just have it's a lot shorter. Yeah. Um and just because I don't like crush a ball doesn't mean it's not a it's not uh it doesn't mean that it's a bad swing mm-hmm. and um so there's times where you know i made a round of 10 and you would be like well you only hit four of them hard but every swing was good and i can live with that you know um and so for me it's just about getting myself i talked about those ticks making sure that those are in line my drills they get me right and uh yeah, I don't really try to look too much into it now. What did you learn last year? Last season? Yeah. Um I mean a lot. I think to solidify it into one thing <clears throat> uh that I learned I learned when I'm called upon to just do whatever I can to help the team win, whatever it may be. Um and i learned that i i learned how to put one foot in front of the other because it was, it was a grind for sure um and when i got back up in september i just got up there and i was like you know i'm just gonna do anything my job i'm gonna focus on just doing that and you know i felt like i played well the last that last like few weeks of the season and um you know, that's that's probably the biggest thing that I learned. I, I mean, I, I I see
0: it. You can see that, right, when you watch Jared play, Brock, and you see yesterday beating out a double play ball or throw from right field that's on the money to third base. I, I've, I've I wonder how you've been able to, when the bat has struggled at times, how you've been able to not take that into the field with you or into your base running. How hard is that to do, or do you have a secret to it?
3: No, I don't have a secret. I'm just somebody that... When I go down onto the field, do your job, um, and I've always kind of been able to separate a bad at bat from playing defense, um, because I take pride in the work that I put on on defense and on the bases, and so I try to separate everything into their own little category. That just because you know maybe I had a bad at bat or I didn't take advantage or, or you know succeed at the plate. That doesn't mean I can't hose somebody out right here.
0: So if you if you go back to last year, I think about sitting down here with you last year and you had been with Mark McGuire in the off season, we talked through that and you know, sort of how you were, you know, working through kind of not overreacting to plays or or, or at bats, etc, and you know I read that Tom Verducci piece that came out on you uh, a couple of weeks ago, and fairly quickly into the season what was it eighteen games or so you start making swing changes, et cetera H- how did that happen H- how did How did that process work to get from where you were to where you became to now where you are today
3: um, you know i think I think it's a pretty complex question um, but you know, I think that anytime something's not working, you got to try to find something that you can't do the same thing over and over again. So, like, by default, you want to change when it's not working. Um, and, you know, just because it didn't work out, you could say that I'm, that's the reason why it didn't work out is because I was making all these changes, but I disagree with that. Um, but for me, it was I was just trying to find something that was going to work and trying to, you know, find something that was going to get me into a rhythm. And, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't do it consistently. And But now I feel like I'm in a great spot. Good. Okay. It's cool.
2: Uh, where does your joy in baseball come?
3: Uh, when we win, <laughs> I think.
2: You know, it's interesting because I think some look at you, and I I played a different sport, but I wasn't effervescent. Like, I was I was a grinder, and, and people would say, gosh, I never see you smile on the field. We're, don't you ever have fun? But for me, it was just like man, I love the work. I love the intensity of it, and I think sometimes you know intensity and joy people confuse or, or try to figure that stuff out outside of winning. Like if, if people were to say, "Man, Jared, do you do you love, do you have fun out there?" Like I'm see you smile. I, everything is so full, hundred miles an hour, so intense. Do you ever have fun playing yeah. in this game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not somebody that jumps around and does cartwheels and like that's not me. Like I'm not like that in my life outside of baseball. I'm I'm anyone that knows me I'm super intense with what I do. Um like I'm going to probably go play golf at some point this week and like it's it's all business when I'm out there. I'm trying to win. And like and when I win like that's fun. Like that's I enjoy that, but mm-hmm. I also what I enjoy the most about the game is like the mind games and like really thinking of digesting things out and like really trying to investigate of why things work didn't work out but then also why things worked out that's really enjoyable for me because like it just makes you that much more aware that much more smarter about the game and it's no different like in golf like when I have a great shot I love to really like think about why it worked out and when I have a bad shot think about why it didn't that's what I really enjoy Mm -hmm. If you hadn't made it to the big leagues
0: and baseball hadn't worked out for you. What do you think you'd be doing? Honestly, like I think, I've thought about this a lot. I think about that approach to the world and you seem like a pretty
3: cerebral guy, an intense guy. Yeah, so I mean I would, would love to probably go be a Navy SEAL. Really? Yeah. I think I I'm, can see that. I'm fascinated by what those guys go through. I think those are the baddest dudes on the planet. Um and you like to test yourself. Yeah, but, but also like I love their mentality. Like, it doesn't rain, you know, snow, cold, freezing, hot, doesn't matter. Like, you got a job to do, so go and do it. And nobody wants to hear you, you know, job. Like, so what? It sucks. It's raining. It's cold. Nobody cares. Like, you got, you got guys you got to protect. So go out and do your job. You and I are not wired alike. I would complain constantly. I'm <laughs>
0: yeah. a complainer. I, you get me out in the cold even out here tomorrow uh, morning, I'm going to be uh-huh. complaining nonstop. Yeah. Right? So I admire that. I, I, I'm i not built like that. That's why you're on the radio. I have other skills, thank you. Yes. One of them is not. I'm not wired like a Navy SEAL. Yes. But I wonder how you translate some of that to this game where not that there's a lot of excuses, but there is a lot of failure. For sure.
3: As, as you know. Well, and there's and, a lot of things that are out of your control, too. Um, and I think anytime you can really like be aware of that in general, um, is, is an advantage because I mean, I had an event, uh, two days ago, umpire made two bad calls back to back. And, you know, after the the first one, I, I wasn't even phased, but the second one kind of got me for a second. And I even called time because I was like, I like thought to myself, yo, like, nobody cares in this stadium that this umpire made a bad call. So, like, I got to get back in the box and strap it on. And I got back in there. I was already in the hole, but I had a battle. And then finished out having to get a bat. And, like, that's the stuff that, like, nobody, if I were to go into the dugout after, I, maybe I struck out, I chased the next pitch, right? Going to the dugout, I'm like, ah, oh, the no. umpire screwed me on those two calls. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So why are you? Why are we talking about it? And where did that ball end up, just for the record? the la- that was the
0: end of that at bat? Center field. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good up the middle for right. a home run. And I think about how hard you've been hitting the ball. Think about it yesterday. So, yesterday is maybe another good example. Strikeout early, double play ball, right, that you beat out, which was great. And then third at bat, what was it, 111 miles an hour or so off the bat? But it goes to the second baseman. It makes a really nice, kind of look what I found Can't play. Control it. Right. So, is that
3: the reaction afterwards? Like, yeah, what are you going to do? I did. The process was good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. I had missed the pitch uh, like two pitches prior. I just fouled it off, and I felt like I was a tick late. So I just told myself, you know, I, it was three-one count. The whole stadium knew a heater was coming, so I was like, I'm not going to be late here. And uh, you know, I put a great swing on it, and he made a heck of a play. So like, you know, he gets paid to do it too. Mm-hmm.
2: My last question is, as I'm sure listening out there, there's a few workout warriors. All right guys, that enjoy working out, and I was watching you throw your med ball against the wall yesterday. So if you enjoy the Navy SEAL, you obviously enjoy fitness. You got a psychotic workout, like off-season workout? Yeah. If someone's <laughs> like, ooh, yeah, I want to do something that Jared does. I'm telling you, right now, my buddy Daniel Hill, he's listening right now. He's a triathlete. He is a psychopath right. when it comes to workout. What's an off-season psycho Jared Kelnick workout?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not a guy that, like, you know, jumps into a – freezing pond or something like that like that's that's not what i do but i do like i push myself hard in the weight room like if you were to come in and watch like i love throwing weight around give me a little something give me a little routine well i mean i i'm big into like olympic lifts um so like you know hand cleans power cleans, stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you know i'll throw up like over 300 pounds on a power clean um, but just trying to push myself to like more than I think I could actually do more that's necessary, you know, mm-hmm. um, just cause like, I want to be super strong. I want to move fast and I want to run fast. I want to throw hard, all that stuff. Um, but like I have a, I have a trainer too, obviously I'm not doing this on my own. Um, but I, and that's, that's key too, because yes. you got somebody holding you accountable. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Um, but you know, I just, I'm someone that when I get in there, like, you mean talk about smile? I'm not smiling in a weight room, so I'm just in there doing my job. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. You like it here. You're happy with. I mean, I talked to you last
0: year when I came down to Tacoma, and I remember you talking about some of the voices, a lot of voices, and a lot of different kind of
3: opinions. Right. Has, has that sorted itself out for you now? For sure. Yeah. I think. I mean, everybody's a person, so I think we go through phases where you know you. Maybe lose track of you know, the avenue that you were on or the road that you were on, or maybe you gotta find a new road, who knows? But um, you know, I I was in a place where I had a lot of people talking to me, which like good or bad or different, it doesn't matter. Um but spent this off season working with a lot of coaches in terms of like getting me back onto a path that like I felt I needed to be on. And uh and right now I'm on a path that I want to be on, and I'm going to stay on, and uh, not letting a lot of people on it. Who, who'd you work with? Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of different coaches. Was it
0: was it mental skills guys? Was it physical? What what kind
3: of stuff? Yeah, was it was it? it was everything. Yeah, everything. Um, you know, I trying to this off season. I want to do a lot of just learning. I wanted to be a student, um, so I just tried to take in as much info as I could. Jared, I really appreciate it. It, It's nice to sit down with you. I think you may be, and I don't know
0: whether it's not a compliment or an insult, one of the more misunderstood people on this team because of, as Brock was saying, the intensity. I'm not sure everyone fully understands just how much you think about the game and sort of that cerebral nature that you bring to it. I really appreciate it, and it's nice kind of talking about baseball with you. So thanks for sitting down. We really appreciate the time. Good luck this year. Of course. Go get We're rooting for you, man. We really are. Appreciate it. That's great. There you go. There's Jerry Kelnick, uh, kind enough to sit down, and we'll talk to Scott Service here coming up in about 15 minutes but look man i I, i've told you before i I think jared's one of the most interesting interviews on this team because of what he just said because of that cerebral thought process thinking through the game etc he's serious he's a serious guy yeah yeah, you know it's interesting he's not full of mirth he's not coming around and laughing and joking and he doesn't have the big julio smile no but i'm telling you what man If he can figure this out, if he's right this year, and I admit it, I'm a sucker. I'm going to buy this stuff every time. If he figured it out and he's got the right mental headspace, which it sure sounds like he's in right now, and he can deliver on all of the talent he's got, if you can counter Julio's personality with Kelnick's personality and have the
2: two of them together leading this team, I'm telling you what, man, that is so freaking cool. Yeah, because I'm looking up at that, again, up at this mural that just hangs right over us. And Buhner's personality was necessary with Junior's. Mm Right, I mean, you, you, Junior was not warm and fuzzy with this media. He wouldn't have sat down here, and, and even in his later years, he was not necessarily like going to charm you and win you over and be effervescent with that. But Buner brought a bunch of that, and Edgar wasn't going to speak to a lot of folks, and that just wasn't what his comfort zone. So you do have to have some of those mix of talents. I'm curious how you compare and contrast his intensity in that 15, 20 minutes with Mitch Hanegar. Different. It is different. Yeah, a different kind of intensity. Um...
0: I, I mean, I don't know on a scale I mean, of Mitch intensity. Mitch wasn't always like that. I mean, that, you know, the thing is, I think you're sort of judging Mitch on that one interview we did here, where he was like staring holes at us. I mean, he was like, I don't know what was going on. He had been like, he was amped up that day. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was staring at
2: us. Oh, yeah. He was gritted. He was not a happy. I, I
0: don't know what it was, and he wasn't mad at us. It had yeah. nothing. I don't think it was. I mean, I've talked to him since then. Yeah. I don't think it had anything to do with me or you or any of that.
2: He was just kind of in a weird state Okay, so day. you're 20-some years of covering baseball. When you had a, the Shannon Dreher roll back in Boston, and you're a reporter, and you travel with the teams, and yeah. you've been around all these guys, is that Kevin Euclid? No. I mean, it, because I don't know how much, you can't get beyond Navy SEAL intensity. Right. Right? I mean, you can't really get That's beyond. not a great answer? Beyond where he's going. Like, hey, man, no excuses. Like, and if I'm not a baseball player, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL because I'm going to test myself. Yeah. To the absolute limit, I and I, I, I was really struck by that answer. I'm really I'm like, glad he said it. Yeah, that's a
3: that is an interesting in a
0: absolutely somebody's psyche, right? You, you
2: two can. can see your text toy, right? Salk and I can't. Uh, a because we're a little once computer's dead. Um, <laughs> as you look at that, I, I'm curious to the text toy out there. To those of you that have been Mariner fans since '76, those of you that love the game of baseball, those of you who 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 rivals just some of that. I don't. I don't. You know who had some of that? Cliff Lee. Yeah.
0: Cliff Lee had some of that very same intensity. And. Yeah, I I wasn't around him a lot. He was only here for not even a full season. But in terms of what I've heard about him, stories I've heard from ex-teammates, and being around him a little bit while he was here, I think Cliff Lee had some of that. uh, I think he was wired
2: very similar. I I played with a lot of football players. Not a lot, but I played with a bunch of football players like that Mm -hmm. that are just like, yeah, you you don't tell me I can't run through that wall. I don't even need to wear pads. But I'll tell
0: you what. I also think, and I'm not telling you he's exaggerating that, He's he is intense, and he is not full of joy and mirth, and and he's not the loudest guy in the room. But I watched him when they won last year, smile from ear to ear, dumping beer well, on everybody. He loves head, to win. I mean, chugging. So, I mean, he, like he loves- Let's not pretend that he can't have fun. I think he very much can, and. But he's obviously wired, as you said. Paul Seawald just walked out the door and walked by us. Biggest smile in the world on his face. Paul Seawald can't help but enjoy life. He's lucky to be here in his mind. Mm -hmm. He's not even supposed to be here. He was on his way out of baseball. His his girlfriend at the time, now wife, convinced him to stick around for one more year. And it worked out. And now here he is. He's on top of the world. Jared doesn't have that. He was always expected to be one of the best in the Top game. I mentioned Trot Nixon earlier. I wasn't really around Trot. He was kind of on his way out by the time I started covering. But i, I that's the comp that to me works. But you talk about the personality. I, I've made Dustin Pedroia at times. He's not as quippy as Dustin was. Right. Uh, I've mentioned um, I've mentioned uh, Josh Donaldson before. Yeah, I think there's a lot of yeah. Josh Donaldson yeah. there. Yeah, uh, but as I think about it, and you asked me this time. Cliff Lee is the other name that mm. I, I think I would point out because of some of the. It's not quite surliness, but it's just a little bit of like that I, intensity. I think we're missing one of the obvious ones. Sex line is is uh, raving. Randy Johnson.
3: Sex line, no. Buner and Randy Johnson. Someone says Carl Everett.
0: No, sorry, mm-hmm. Carl Everett was those guys. Hated talking to anybody. <clears throat> Paul Neal. They, they were, they were, <laughs> nah, Paul was for show. Yeah. Randy Johnson did not like talking to the media. He was purposely surly. Jared's not surly. No, at he's all. thoughtful. You're right. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just he, thinking yeah. intensity, not yeah. the media. Now, part. maybe if you were to sort of combine Jay Buhner and Randy Johnson, yeah. you might get sort of who Jared is, but yeah. Jay likes to have fun. He's yeah. a laugher. I don't know. I, I, I think Cliff Lee is the one that just jumps out to me, but I'll tell you what. Danny Valencia, it. someone said. No, we <laughs> no. can here. Albert Bell. We're getting Nora. a lot of nominations no. Too. Again, those are angry, angry. Guys. Surly, Jared's not Jared's not like that. But He's... we're also getting a lot of people saying they look at Kelnick a little differently after the interview. Oh, they really good. Enjoyed it. I hope so. I, I, and I keep trying to stress is that from that the two hundred seven. I'm not going to say numbers anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. You're not going to hear area Sorry. code from me anymore. <laughs> it's now going to be the two hundred seven. According to Maura. <laughs> she's just gone ahead and changed the zip code. Great. Or, Erico for
2: Seattle. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, well, there you go. That was um, worth waiting for. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. really like him. I yeah. really. I, I
2: enjoy just. Him. I hope and I'm and, not and, wired
0: like him, as, but I enjoy
2: him. as one that has some of that wiring, and as one who had a hard time tuning voices out. Right, is one who just say, hey, man, want to be a pleaser and, and want to do what this coach said and want to do what that coach yeah. said and try to do what that coach said. I hope he's now to a point where he's got, he, as he said, I got my swing. Yeah. I got my conviction. He's got he's his reaction to the
0: umpire screwing him up on
2: a call. Right.
0: And quite frankly, Brock, he had something that you didn't have access to. Two things, I would say. One, a coach, in this case manager, who understands him. I don't think you have that. I'm sorry. And two all of the modern advances in sports psychology and coaching that you didn't have access to 25 years ago. And he does. It's a big difference, man. And that's a huge advantage for him. Uh, Speaking of which, I mentioned the manager, Scott Service. He will be joining us next. We'll talk through that and everything else going on with this incredibly exciting team. It's Brock and Salk, we're here at Spring Training. Thanks to Kitsap Credit Union and Alaska Airlines on Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.